Iggy Pop, the godfather of punk. This music legend is known for popularizing the stage dive, performing without a shirt on, and performing all manner of bizarre and sometimes horrific theatrics on stage. You might think a man this rough and tumble gets his lyrical inspiration from societal outcasts, grimy gutters, used needles, and by mining the dark recesses of his own twisted mind. But in 1973 at least, Pop was drawing inspiration from the establishment itself. Quote, I used to read Time obsessively because they were the representatives of the ultimate establishment to me. They were giving the party line that represented the power people and the powers that be. So I kind of liked to look in there and see what they were talking about, and then I'd use that inventory in other ways. That's what I was doing in that song, said Pop. That song Pop refers to is one of the most well-regarded tracks from one of the Stooges' most well-regarded albums, Raw Power. The album has been cited as being the all-time favorite of Kurt Cobain, Morrissey, and Johnny Marr. Steve Jones of the Sex Pistols also claims to have learned to play guitar by playing along to Raw Power while taking speed. Despite high praise from these musicians, the album was a flop upon initial release, reaching only number 182 on the album charts, with no singles charting. So what is it about this song that gives it the power to defy its own initial commercial failings? Quote, With this single, the Stooges lay down an archetype for punk rock. Uh, Stooges guitarist James Williamson blistering through a bastardized and pumped-up Keith Richards guitar riff, Ron Ashton, having been relegated from guitar to bass, pounds the instrument with ferocity, while his brother, Scott Ashton, pummels the drums set like Keith Moon, all fills and cymbals. One can hear the influence of the song in a myriad of bands that fall out. That's the Sex Pistols, the Ramones, Motorhead, the Dead Boys, and Nirvana, writes Bill Janowitz for all music. The song itself draws its musical inspiration from machine gun fire, marching boots, and sword fights, while the lyrics focus on explosions, injury, penetration, and military technology. All this summarized neatly by the title, ripped straight from the headlines of a Time Magazine article covering the Vietnam War. That's right, we're talking Search and Destroy by the Stooges on Cover Me. I'm a skywalking cheetah with a hat full of napalm. I'm a runaway son of the nuclear A-bam. That's right, it's Cover Me, the only podcast that compares famous songs to their many cover versions to find out which one will detonate for me. I'm your host, as always, The Snake, joined by a street-walking cheetah. Alex Mildenberger. Don't know what that sounds like. Faster, um, maybe. Fa- well, I guess it sounds like Iggy Pop. Oh, Alex Mildenberger. Pretty good. Pretty good. That's <laughs> apparently my Iggy Pop. And um, yeah, I would say if you, like did a composite of Iggy Pop over the years. You could probably say you're laying somewhere in that. You know, he's a little rougher on, on in current day. Yeah, that was Iggy Pop in like 76. 76, okay. Yeah, I'd say, yeah. That's after the raw power has kind of done a little damage to his throat. There. Yeah. Perfect. Spot on. Good vintage. Good year. Alex, how you doing? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm you know? from the Midwest. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing voices. I'm practicing voices. You're practicing your voices. Just, Alex just is working. Those two. Just those two. Um, I mean, he's from what? Michigan? Uh, sure. <laughs> Not that that really. I was looking up his full word. name. Did you know it's actually Ignatius Popular? Ignatius <laughs> Popular. <laughs> um, that doesn't sound right. Uh, no, it's uh, uh, it's James Newell Osterberg Jr. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, you're right. He is from Michigan. <laughs> So does that mean anything? Um, probably not. The funny thing about him being a, a like a, a 
performer where the name is kind of sometimes the band, I think, in his later work, right? Or yeah. Initially, he's with the Stooges. So you get born in Muskegon, Michigan, and then his origin is Ann Arbor, Michigan. Because that's where Iggy <laughs> I think that's Pop, where Iggy was, Pop created. was created, yeah. Ignatius Popular. Ignatius Popular. Um, pretty good. I'm pretty proud of that joke. Uh, <laughs> feeling good about it. Alex, you big Iggy Pop guy? Not huge, but you know, I, I like his stuff. Um, but, and I think I've said this before, like, I mostly just skim the surface of some of the more popular things. Yeah, I know, uh, the, I think the, the album's Lust for Life. Yeah. Yeah. The idiot. More and more Ignatius things. <laughs> yeah. That, the idiot. Like, I know his most popular stuff. It's crazy, though, because I love Lou Reed. I love David Bowie. And of course, we're talking 1973 this week. And that is like those three entities coming together because that's David Bowie kind of picking musicians he liked who were down on their luck, if I'm remembering history correctly, and being like, I need to get these guys back in the, yeah. <laughs> in the, scene, like in the yeah. scene and on, on their A game. Yeah. He somehow had the pull for that. But like, yeah, influenced this album getting made influenced mm-hmm. i mean transformer was around the same time too yeah mott the hoople which he like which didn't turn out to be as big a thing but he also like kind of got them back together and was like you should keep going yeah and was like here play all the young dudes yeah. like here's a song for you the, the the sway and generosity of david bowie in the 70s is unreal can you imagine yeah. having that kind of power at that age to be like these are some bands i like i'm going to push them into the spotlight to recreate and like make some of their most popular and most like important works like for sure cause that to exist i mean i guess i'm sure with lou reed it could be argued otherwise but still transformers pretty well, fucking good yeah like as far as lou reed's solo work goes yes yeah. you'd be hard pressed to find one bigger in the consciousness than transformer yeah but yeah like obviously it the Velvet Underground. Um, and some people compare this album to The Velvet Underground, of course, because it has uh, that same like sleeper hit value of like not very popular upon release, but, but clearly yeah. important in the development of like punk and Yeah, and lots and of artists scenes. who really le- like went on to create popular, important things cite this as inspiration. Yeah. As you mentioned. As I did mention that. Um, and some of them learned to, to play guitar to it well high on speed yeah uh, speed a very general term for amphetamines i don't really know which one specifically refers to alex you've done a lot of amphetamines no i'm kidding but you're a you have some pharmacological background yeah, no. okay. like amphetamines i think it's like i think there was a point in time where they were like these pills are uppers these ones like right so it's just kind of like, like so we do those ones and that speed kind of thing Right, so it's like the five cent candy of drugs, where you're like, well, there's you can get them in all these different assortments of uppers, but they're all generally labeled as speed. Yeah, something like that. And uh, maybe it, it did cost five cents, but because of inflation, that's a lot more than it's it a lot like. more. That'd be that'd be insane if it was five cents. Five cents. I mean, and you get a grab bag for it. One pill. <laughs> I mean, it, I wholesale I guess, yeah, price. Like one one pill. pill. Five cents is actually some kind of on the expensive side. Steep. Yeah, I guess so. Right. Well, not really. Depending that's on reasonable. the pill. Like a dollar yeah. a pill? That's high. That's Now I'm that talking about, like, I used to work in pharmacy. I'm talking about, like, pharmacy drugs. Yeah. That's the cost that I used to see. But anyway. Okay, okay. Well, yeah, that, that was, was Canadian dollars for you. Eight so years like, ago, so. That's like half a cent American. Yeah. <laughs> um. Yeah, Iggy Pop, though, growing on me in recent years. Um. 
I, I never like listened to an Iggy Pop album or like well, some songs I don't like as much as other, but like an album I'll listen to. I'm like, fuck yeah, this is really good stuff. Yeah. Even some of his newer stuff, he's got a very like his his vocal range, of course, has gone down. He and he kind of just rolls with that and has this weird like haunting like aspect to it. Like he does a song about vultures called Vulture, where he just screams Vulture. He just screams Vulture. <laughs> He's like, yeah. Vulture! And you're like, oh shit. Like, oh, there's a Vulture? Um, yeah, he, I think he just he just put out an album the beginning of the year. Like yeah, year. he just so. put out something recently, didn't he? So he's still going. He's yeah, he's still going, still on the scene, and it's it is kind of wild that he is still going while some of his contemporaries, Lou Reed and David Bowie, have both passed. Yeah. Where Iggy Pop seems like the most synonymous with being fucked up. He is like, if there's a Keith Richards of that trio, it's Iggy Pop. It's Iggy Pop, right. Which, of course, Keith Richards also alive. Also so. still alive, yeah. Secret to living as a rock star is, I guess, just to do a copious amount of But drugs. not like, I mean, Keith Richards is, from what I know, kind of known for doing like the exact right amount of drugs. He's like, I don't want to overdo it. I just want to do right. a lot. But, so he's like he's all about max he's min maxing on the, yeah, the exactly. drug doing he's getting the right amount <laughs> right for him somehow he knows what that is for, yeah whatever that he has a intrinsic knowledge of his body and its limits yeah also, what an incredible thing to have nowadays, so maybe that helps that I might could, help that might not be true but he's supposedly. vegan bruce springsteen's only eating one meal a day what is the secret to immortality we just don't know i mean last i heard it was don't eat at all Somehow. Somehow. I've heard that. I do remember hearing a story of a man who claimed to have not eaten or drank in like 20 years or some shit. Right. Survive off sunlight. Just photosynthesize. Yeah. yeah. And like nour- nourishment of God or some shit. <laughs> we're far afield of search and destroy here though, Alex. We are. We're getting a, further and a, further away. A song where God is truly absent. Why this song, Alex? Well, so, um, this. I mean, it kind of rules. Mm-hmm. For one. Um, I agree. I, I saw a cover of it. Specifically, the Florence and the Machine cover. Mm, yeah, and very I thought, fresh. Hey, there's probably more covers of this, and there were so many. Yeah. So, and we haven't talked about um, the Stooges, or like we've talked about Iggy Pop, obviously. Yeah. But uh, not as a like an original. No, yeah, not an original, and I don't even think we've talked about his work specifically with the Stooges because he's come up as a cover artist before, and it's I think later. Yeah, years. it'll be all uh, solo stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, no, this song rocks pretty hard, and as we'll discuss in the lyrics, which maybe we should be jumping into here, probably there's a connection to one of the songs we previously talked about. Oh, look at that! Let's let's go. Um, so we begin. I'm a street walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm. That's quite a line, eh? Hell yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, just just right there in 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 the first words, like we're street walking, we're a, a, a dangerous predator, a dangerous predator animal, um, and also his heart is full of this. I guess I should have looked up napalm, but I, I like kind of know what it is. Like it's a chemical and it burns real hot, right? And like it was yes. this is Vietnam War era, so yes, being referenced here. Yeah, it's uh, an incendiary mixture of a gelling agent and a volatile petrochemical, Alex. Yeah, um, yeah, so napalm. It will burn things. So yeah, um, just right off the bat, it's already like dirty and dangerous. Mm-hmm. 
So this apparently is very much like a line just about him living his life. He says, I used to walk around London through the park and stuff with this leopard jacket I had. A cheetah skin jacket, actually. It had a big cheetah on the back. All the old men in London would drive by in their cars and they'd stop and try to cruise me. Don't know what that means. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Does that mean that, is that just like if they're, what well, they says they stop. I don't know. I thought maybe like drive by and just kind of talk shit at him as he's walking. I've never heard somebody get cruised. I have yeah. never heard it as like a a verb unto something. Right. What do you got for verb. me? Um, to move slowly through or visit a street park bar. This says in search of a sexual partner. So I don't know if he used that in search of a sexual partner part or just said cruise and like that they're looking at him. Basically. Yeah. Like slow down. Would, to, they'd stop and try to cruise stop. me. That makes sense. It just, yeah, he was eye grabbing and he was, uh, you know, he's, he's got a cheat on him. He's, or they, he's, maybe they were trying to pick him up. I don't know. What's more important is the heart full of napalm. He continues, all I'd like right. to do is walk around the streets with a heart full of napalm. I always thought heart full of soul was a good song. So I thought, what's my heart full of? Burning petrochemical. Yeah. He decided it was basically full of napalm. Um, we talked about Heartful of Soul. For us, it was a week ago. For you, the listeners, two weeks ago. Uh, by the time this comes out. And we talked, you and I talked about how, like, what does that even mean? Um, right. I, th- I, th- I think Heartful of Napalm means a lot more. It's more meaningful. Yeah, because when we talked about Heartful of Soul, it's like, what is, like, soul here? Like, is it just feeling? Like, I feel stuff. My heart is full kind of thing. Yeah. But now we're talking, like, the heart is full of this... I mean, one fire, fire, yeah, is, fire, chemical weaponry. Yeah, it, it's a lot of stuff. Like there is a feeling there, but it's like anger, and it can't really be controlled. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's very dangerous. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. Even I guess beyond anger, just like violence, it is just like something that is is uncontrollable to some extent. It's going to burn regardless. Which is, if we continue on, I'm a runaway son of the nuclear a bomb. Another cool line. Another cool line. Uh, setting up, again, more imagery. I mean, the idea of the runaway son, we're still in this um, area of, like, you're running away from your parents, probably not a good situation, right? Mm-hmm. So, like, there's that combined with the street walking, uh, but also he's the son of, like, an atomic bomb. Yeah. Still very explosive. Still volatile. And in the sense of, like, because I think it is clear that, like, the current, what was current, the the Vietnam War going on, Mm -hmm. and, of course, the just having had happen World War II, like, the nuclear A-bomb is, like, America in itself, right? So he's a runaway son of the nation of the nuclear A-bomb who, who, you know, committed the greatest violence perhaps the world has ever seen. Right. And Also, I like... (laughs) Well, I just like how he says it, because he says both. Don't usually say both nuclear bomb and A-bomb. Yeah, well, yeah, he combines them. But you combine them, and uh, it works with the the meter, so nuclear A-bomb. Yeah, hey, easy easy meter fix there. He goes on, I am a world's forgotten boy, the one who searches and destroys. The one who searches and destroys. Um, Yes, uh, like you were saying with, like, the A-bomb... representing america that's the other i mean a america i don't know if that really means anything um but (laughs) 
he <laughs> like he's the son right of this right. bomb he's like he's american but he's a reject he's forgotten he's um an outcast i guess yeah and that's i think because some people like genius seems to think he is soldier being deployed which i can see that being an interpretation as well there's also just him being like a you know a punk in in America. Yeah, I mean, if we look at it as like describing societal outcasts in America, some mm-hmm. of them would probably be uh, drafted and go to Vietnam, right? Yeah, so, exactly. Like that's a part of this for sure. But this, I think, is broader and is referring to just this attitude, not just of people who would have gone, but maybe you know people who are supposed to be perhaps or expecting to be um somehow taken care of by this society yeah they are forgotten and said put into the war machine basically Mm -hmm. ground up by the industry there is a quote um i was considering saving for the end of our interpretation here but maybe it's good to just bring it in now so he says so this is after his quote about getting his lyrics or his idea for this song from the Time Magazine article titled Search and Destroy about the Vietnam War, he adds, and the thing about Forgotten Boy was basically a way to express my disgust. It's kind of like the kid in Catcher in the Rye. Once you find out how the people at the top of politics or at the top of the music industry or at the top of anything, how they begin to overvalue things and they think they can push any shit down the throats of the youth, they just don't care if it's something that the kids would like or not. They just don't fucking care. So it's, it is his disgust with the, disgust with the upper class. Mm-hmm. both in the in the sense that we've just talked about the war just putting kids out to war and then even with the state of the music industry and basically the state of the world uh, <laughs> to to a larger extent once you extrapolate yeah and i think part of the like it's very broad but part of that is like he's already mentioned the heart full of napalm right like he's not mm-hmm. really discriminating against targets yeah he's swinging wildly yeah. he's he's got a heart full of napalm so fucking watch out yeah he searches and destroys, so it's yeah. like, which is, a, 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 the the term search and destroy itself already carries all the weight you need without knowing the specifics of the military tactic, yeah. which is seek out an enemy, destroy it, and then leave. Yeah, which is, was used in the Vietnam War. Yes. Um, and then he carries on. He says, something I was trying to say through those words at the time was I had the impression that music as a branch of the entertainment industry was becoming an old cheese. It was about a bunch of people at the top manipulating certain institutional positions, with the smug confidence that kids at the bottom would swallow whatever they put out. They thought they could sell shit if there was money in it, but they'd forgotten about the simple truth that any kid can see. And so he puts out this, and then it commercially fucking flops. Yeah. But then it, like, helps shape the next generation of music that kind of does what he intended with this piece is to fight against that musical industry standard yeah or at least do your best to do that yeah of course it it gets consumed and absorbed as it always does by capitalism but it was you know the wave broke at least right it's like doing the doing the uh what are the mandalas in the sand you know it's not about having it last forever right it's it's the satisfaction of making that happen having done it at all don't cry because it's over, Alex. Smile because it, it happened. Happen. I was just thinking about that. I'm trying to remember why. <laughs> Did something I happen? I feel like I almost quoted that at someone the other day. I don't remember what it was. What a what a classic quote. Uh, <laughs> is it Dr. Seuss who said that? I don't even know. 
Um, I, I think just... I'm a little bit off base with that, but you get what I'm saying, right? It's like you got to rebel against the machine even if you can't right. beat it, right? It's not necessarily about winning. It's more about um, staying true to your morals, I guess. Yeah, the victory is temporary, certainly, but it is your victory, even yeah. if it doesn't overturn the establishment. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I like am that. a world's forgotten boy, the one who searches and destroys. Honey, gotta help me, please. Somebody gotta save my soul. Baby, detonate, detonate for me. For me. Still have some very explosive imagery in there. Yeah, dog. Baby, detonate for me. One, great way to talk about busting a nut. Yeah. Two, super violent and like with him being the one who searches and destroys, it's like you need to be destroyed for my, to, to fulfill my purpose. It's quite grim. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, obviously it does bring in a little more of that like, I guess, sexual energy that you would get from this type of music. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, Iggy Pop known for largely, not always, performing shirtless. Yeah. And sometimes just straight up exposing himself to the audience. Like, And if you look at the, the cover for Raw Power, it's a very androgynous looking Iggy. He's wearing, I guess, pink leather pants, judging by this photo. It just might be the way it's toned there, but no shirt. Yeah. Makeup on his face, leaning on mic stand. Like, yeah, sex is on the table here, folks. Yeah. This is in the 50s and 60s now where we got to, like, wink and nod about sex. It's No. 70s 70s baby um yeah so he's in a bad situation honey you gotta help me please somebody gotta save my soul i think because he is he's caught in the in the capitalist machine is that is that what you how you read this alex he's caught in the machine uh i was kind of the world's forgotten boy yeah where are you taking it alex well like he's talking about soul needing saving i almost wonder if that's like acknowledging that he's like dedicated to this cause and like maybe he needs saving to become like normal but doesn't necessarily mm, does that make sense it's that's definitely an interpretation it's like it's because he yeah he's in it and he's he's sort of been bought and sold so he's he's taken it because it's the life given it to him but he's still having whether it's a moment of clarity or a a constant understanding that he does need to be saved from this and that this is this is a dark way to go down. Yeah, although not necessarily I don't know. I'm I'm struggling with describing what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um somebody gotta save my soul. So he's not talking about the soles of his shoes. I'll tell you I'll, I'll help by narrowing hmm, our Yeah, so his shoes are uh, on fire, because I think he stepped in napalm? Napalm, yeah, so his heart's leaking. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm going to go with what you said, because I'm off, I'm off base a little bit. Okay, well, if you find your base again, because the pre-chorus does change here as well. It does. We get different details in there, but it is always violent. And it's, like, in this one, you don't get a ton of it until Baby Detonate for me, but the other ones have a little more aggression what things that are both aggressive and sexual the pre-chorus is aggressive and sexual and it is about trying to find salvation yeah that's if you want to generalize it a bit more if you don't want to go as specific that's i guess then the question what would you say the song considers to be salvation um well knowing what iggy has said and knowing what we're looking at a runaway son of the nuclear a-bomb the world's forgotten boy 
Um, he would like to be remembered, I suppose, for one. Yeah. Uh, and to not maybe be of this this violent lineage. He's the runaway son of the nuclear bomb. He wants to escape the the search the the path of search and destruction. So he's so his salvation is being accepted, perhaps, but also not necess- not necessarily playing into the um, system. Yeah, but ironically, his only way out of the system of searching and destroying is destruction. destruction. Baby detonate for me. Right. Okay. Yes, I like that. Um, let's look to verse two. Look out, honey. I'm using technology and got time to make no apology. Soul radiation in the dead of night. Love in the, in the middle of a firefight. Yeah. Do you think that last line is the basis for like most of Metal Gear Solid? <laughs> I like figured out where you were going with the question <laughs> as you said it because I was like, that's where my mind's going. Yeah. Do you think love can bloom even yeah. on the battlefield? Well, yeah. That would that that one line. He's like, I don't make a game about this. Yeah. Hideo Kojima's Hideo like, Kojima. let's find out. <laughs> Love yeah, can bloom on the battlefield. That's what we've discovered. Um, look out, honey, because I'm using technology. A line so great that it's been used in several advertisements to advertise things that have technology. Things that have technology. That. Yeah, very, like, general line. Yeah. Um, I think I stole this from the genius annotation, but mm-hmm. what they're saying is because they're talking about weaponry specifically, but he's kind of depersonalized it and just calls it using technology, but in this case, using technology is just, just like killing people. Yeah, technology. we're talking military tech. I think that is an accurate... Because we've already kind of talked about his dehumanization as the world's forgotten boy, like the world's right. forgotten that he is a person, basically. And now, even the, the act of killing someone, yeah. which, one, horrific, too, but like can still be a human act, right? We've now dehumanized that part of our nature as well. Right, because the technology... And this was like tech. pre-drone strikes, too. So Yeah. But, I mean, I guess if you look at, like, the Napalm, Googling it and looking up images, they're like, there'll be, like, a boat on the river shooting this flaming goo on yeah, the Yeah, and you're destroying so, like, you're homes, destroying, you're destroying yeah. wildlife, you're just dest- everything. Yeah. It's not, a, like, you don't even look the person in the eye that you're killing. Back in my day... When you were killing a man, you had to look him in the you had to eye. Look like, him in the eye. <laughs> shake his hand. <laughs> I know that's foolish, but like when you take out that layer and then ain't got time to make no apology, that right. genius annotation brings up the like intense amount of civilian deaths during mm-hmm. the Vietnam War. And yeah. like that's also what he's saying is like, listen, we're using tech. So you get out of the fucking way or die because yeah. that's the new way. And it's more like more of a disconnect because like there's there's no time to think about what you've done. There's no time to address it in any way. You just have to keep going. Mm-hmm. It's uh. Um, and yeah. then in terms of, I mean, the the local, the not like war thing. You're talking about this violent mindset of like that's the way you live your life. You know as opposed to specifically war fighting. Yeah. It's, yeah, I'm using technology, ain't got time to make no apology. Yeah, He's well, talking about everybody looking at their damn phones all the time. Damn phones all the time. Or at least being disconnected from, like, being forced into violence and f- being disconnected from... Yeah, and being disconnected from community, which, yeah. yeah, unfortunately a line that hits probably harder today than even... 
yeah, maybe. during that time. Like you mentioned drone strikes. And like I mentioned, these damn phones. These damn phones all the time. Well, there's some shit going on in the 70s, too. That's Especially with those they, damn phones. Those, those phones. Everybody's calling each other. Oh, man. Long uh, s- soul radiation in the dead of night, Alex? Another cool line. What does it mean? What does it mean? Genius thinks it refers to solar radiation, which I I get the concept of that because like, what what is what would it mean then? Yeah, what does it mean? It's just like ooh opposites, because then like love in the middle of the firefight is like the focus opposite. Solar radiation being to prep us for this much bigger idea. <laughs> but I, I don't think that's it. No, I mean I do think it's radiation in the sense of like nuclear radiation. You know, not just yes. like radiating. Um, because you could. I mean. The other, like you're talking about a soul, a soul radiating, mm-hmm. that could be a positive image, not could in be. this context, but like, yeah, it's all is that he's just talking about fucking, say like my soul is radiant, like that's like, that sounds nice. That yeah, you look radiant, you're, you're glowing, like <laughs> yeah, but like radiation in the sense of like you're destroying things, like your very soul is destroying things, but also tearing itself apart. Like that's kind of what radiation is. Uh, yeah. Right, and radiation, typically, yeah, radiation itself, like when we use that word and not like, oh, you're radiating or you're right. or whatever, like that has negative connotations. So like yeah. your toxic soul is also spreading. Is that perhaps it, even at the dead of night when you're perhaps supposed to be sleeping or maybe can't sleep because your soul is radiating soul and what does that feel like? Or that? nothing's going on. You're just destroying the things around you just by... Yeah, in the dead of night. Yeah. Yeah, there's a what is there's like the darkest night of the soul. Maybe that's soul radiation in the dead night. Dark night of soul. Yeah, that's what it is. That's that's a that's a point on the on like a story cycle or something like that. Yeah, I believe so. Where it's like uh, it's also like I think maybe like I've I've heard it used for more like not story purposes, but like psychology. Okay. Dark Knight of Souls, a phrase of passive purification of the spirit in the mystical development as described by the 16th century Spanish mystic and poet St. John of the Cross. Oh, it's so it's Christian more, more religious, and it's Christian mysticism at that. Christicism. In modern times, the phrase Dark Knight of the Soul has taken on the broader meaning of spiritual dryness and existential doubt and loneliness. So I think I was thinking of that more modern context when I'm applying that. Existential here. doubt and loneliness? Yeah. And then, these damn phones, damn phones. Well, if we're talking about um, existential doubt and loneliness, then I think that ties into the next line pretty well. I mean, the song, in the pre-choruses at least, talks about, like, he's addressing someone else, right? And he's all, it sounds like he's addressing a significant other in some way. Mm-hmm. Honey, baby. Right. Um, perhaps suggesting in that love in the middle of a firefight song that like that's basically the only way you can form any relationships because there's essentially you know explosions all around metaphorically so like the only way to form relationships is in the middle of war essentially yeah and 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 presumably with the person you are warring with he's not talking really about like camaraderie here he's talking about it's kind of every person for themselves or like loving the enemy yeah yeah yeah, I mean, yeah, if, if that's the way to end the war, perhaps. perhaps. But it's like, I think he's talking in a more twisted sense that it, like, it can only come out in this um, context. Because that you is... You kind of hinted at like, the idea that he was, like, he was, like, 
with a whole heart searching and destroying like he he had bought into this idea. Right. And it may more be that he has been molded into this idea against his will, but is still like, if you're, you, you get your hand formed into a club instead of a hand, it's still a club regardless of how much you know that it should be a hand, right? Right. It's a strange metaphor, I know. <laughs> that, I, I accepted it. It's not a regular thing that happens. Okay. Like I could have gone with foot binding, which is a real thing that happens, but no, I, I like the hand club. Hand club, because it's because then we come into this next precourse. Is maybe where I'm arguing this because he says, sure. "Honey, gotta strike me blind. Somebody gotta save my soul, baby. Penetrate my mind." He is asking to be blinded right. and to have his mind basically eradicated yeah. or at least changed in some extreme fashion. Or, yeah, I mean, in the, like, extreme sense, like, blow his brains out, you know? Yeah, penetrate my mind, fucking destroy like, me. Is that the only way, is to destroy the self, his self? Yeah, if I am built to search and destroy, then perhaps destruction is the ultimate end. Yeah. So and please, if you would show love to me, do it in these ways. And I mean, perhaps part of the question is of like, how can I be saved? Could be. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's the metaphorical sense, but a more literal sense of like, is death the only way out? Right. Um, is a question that could be asked for sure. Yeah, and it's there's also like like my purpose given to me from my like my quote unquote father, or whatever, is to be a soldier in this fight, whether it is literally in Vietnam or here in America doing just you know isolating and all that it's like so to fulfill my ultimate purpose I must at some point be destroyed even as I seek to destroy it's looking for your other half in a, in a strange like violent sense and perhaps destroying the bad parts but also yeah like a like a sort of fight club style ending where he shoots himself in the head but it like it only kills tyler durden sorry fight clubbers (laughs) (laughs) i haven't seen the film yet or read the book yeah yeah like maybe he's it's it's this is a song about a sort of broken person or a broken ideology i think at its core and so here here we deal with that what is love in the middle of a firefight can you be saved by being blinded and penetrated in the mind? Also, penetrate like a boner. Yeah. Penetrate. Another uh, term often used uh, sexually. Yeah. Look at that. Wow. Um, How about that next, next unique piece of dialogue we get is, hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Is that the only uh, piece of unique? Is that the only unique line? Um, yeah, because he uses the honey gotta strike me blind again. And that's yeah. the chorus. Forgotten the boy. Verse. Baby, baby, babe, hey. Yeah, hey, hey. Aw, baby, baby. Changes things. Makes you think. Yeah. Hey, 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 hey. He says. Yeah, um, but that, yes. those, those are the words. Those so, the yeah, words. Search and Destroy hits, hits much like, like, a, like a heart full of napalm. Yeah, it's about uh, an experience of perhaps being lower class and uh, being probably mad at society or whatever. Yeah, I think being mad at the upper class yeah. and their, their what what he calls you know shoveling shit down your throat or selling shit to to the youth. He's yeah. sick and of he's sick of this shit. Perhaps wondering if there's a way out. Yeah. 
Oh, uh, yeah. Devastating song. Sounds cool as hell. What does it sound like? Guitars, baby. Cool. Oh, yeah. Guitars. Well, we could, uh, I think, um, address the production here. Yes. A little bit, because there's some uh, interesting stories around right, that. some introduction, inter- interesting production facts. Yeah. So, the original mix, and when I said, this is before it came out, was done by Iggy Pop. Um, apparently, he didn't do a very good job. And he may have screwed some stuff up. So they called in David Bowie and said, hey, can you fix this, basically? That's yeah. my understanding of the story. And okay. so he tells a story where there, there were three tracks. Like, they had a 24-track recorder, but they were only using three tracks. One mm-hmm. track was vocals. One track was lead guitar. And the other track was rhythm, guitar, bass, and drums. So that's the story. He had those three tracks to work with, and it did not turn out that well. So the original cut of the album is not considered to be mixed very well at all. That's the David Bowie mix. Right. Um, although, since then, it has been shown that there's a, there exists a master recording that has all the instruments on separate tracks. So mm. there's some fuzziness about what was he referring to, why was he given that was he given like what happened yeah um, did they yeah. What, what did they give him if there's a master recording exactly so like what existed oh, how, why did it turn out the way it did it sounds like probably there was like someone fucked something up and there was some miscommunications it was 1973 and like no one knew what the fuck was going on yeah nobody was sober so i would not be surprised if that if it's just like a cluster fuck right yeah um but that's like the story of the original Recording And then in, I think, 97 or so, like late 90s, um, Iggy Pop and Bruce Dickinson, apparently. Yes, Iron Maiden, Iron Maiden. Went back and remixed it. So the version that I put on this playlist, the version we listened to, was the Iggy mm-hmm. mix from 97. Right, but remastered by the looks of it. It's just totally and then funny. remastered since then. Yeah. Um, so I actually have this uh, record, this on vinyl, and it's two discs. Ooh. One is the Bowie mix, and one is the Iggy mix, mm-hmm. which I think is the fiftieth anniversary version. Sure. Mm. No, it couldn't be. I bought it too early. I think. Anyway. Yeah, fiftieth well, would be this year. Yeah. So it was not the fiftieth anniversary. Gotta be like fortieth, forty-fifth. Maybe. Uh, I'm not sure. But anyway. Thirty-nine. Um, but listening to them side by side is quite interesting. The David Bowie version has like no low end at all, mm. um, which kind of makes sense based on like if he was only given those three tracks smushed together and he decided that we needed to hear the rhythm guitar more than like the drum and bass. Yeah, that kind of makes sense that he might. Um, right. Yeah. He had to make some choices. Yeah. So but it it does. I think I don't know them that intimately, but just like quick listening to them. Yeah, yeah. There's like apparently more separation between the instruments on the Bowie mix, but mm. um, less low end. And then if you listen to this one, this Iggy mix, you really get that lower end and it's kind of crunchier because of that and kind of smushes things together a little more. But right. like it feels very aggressive because of it. So I ended up picking the Iggy mix for this. And I think it's the one I prefer. Yeah, I think it makes more sense that way. And especially if you look at it as a piece of like proto-punk and like proto-grunge. Yeah. Like that messiness, that that melding together in that way is sometimes like a, a staple of the genre, right? Mm-hmm. 
it's meant to sound hard and it's not you're not meant to like pick apart each instrument and be like oh my the uh, rhythm guitar is doing this well the bass does this you know it's, it's not for that it's to hear the and you go yeah yeah fuck yeah and yet that is what we're going to do we're about to do that here so you'll notice that the rhythm guitar on this track this track is very chunky it's quite chunky um no it's cool it's cool riff right at the start it's uh, the rhythm guitar, you know, you get that and then there's kind of two parts of it because there's that part that's smoother where the chords mm-hmm. can ring out and then the other part where it just gets super fuzzy and like kind of chugs. Um, I don't know if it's the same guitar or if they're just like doing something with fuzz, but uh, I mean, yeah. Yeah, it's... Uh, sounds pretty awesome. Sounds pretty fucking rad. Um, and then you get this, like the classic riff on this is that sure, and that is apparently inspired by machine guns. So this is like the the lyrics on this, yeah, the lyrics mm-hmm. on this are by uh, Iggy Pop, but the I guess a lot of the songwriting is James Williamson, the guitarist, right, who was brought on for this album, I believe. Yeah, well, he talks about the songwriting process. In a 2013 oh. interview with Song Facts, he said, Well, I had come up with that kind of bump, 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 a little bit, but it was more in regard to imitating a machine gun, if you will, because this is the era of the Vietnam War. So we're kind of screwing, screwing around with that, and that's where that figure comes from. Then the rest of the song was around that, but I think the beginning, the bump, 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 bump part, was the thing that really kicked off the song. Yeah. So is that that lead guitar part then that you're referring to? That kind of oh, yeah, rips in. Yeah, that part that um, not the like the like shredding part. Okay. Just straight up the the part where everything gets kind of heavy. Yeah. Like even the the Right. Yes. But I guess that is where the lead guitar rips in as well. You're right. Yes, that happens as well. Also, cool sound. So that other guitar in the higher register. Mm-hmm. Um, plays during that fuzzy section, and then it kind of goes back to the smoother chords. Back and forth. Yeah. Intro. And uh, I think you said this in the intro, the drums are all fills and cymbals? Yes. Yeah, that's what's happening here. That's, yeah, a lot of just yeah, fills and cymbals. It's, it's wild, it's aggressive. Sounds fucking great. And this is, like, their only song, apparently, to feature a pre-chorus, according to Iggy Pop. Only song ever? Um, let's see here. So he says, uh, 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 uh. so he recalls to Clash Magazine the making of the song. The funny part about it was until I convinced him to step back a little and ease up on the thing, what James brought in was four times as fast and twice as heavy. Hmm. It was two parts of the, two, it was two of the parts in the song, the two fastest parts, there are four basic building blocks, and when he did it there were just the two. When he did it, they just went over and over faster and faster. I sort of said, look, can we make a new part that's just like part two, but in half time? So he went, okay, and that became our chorus. Then I asked him for something which you'll never hear on another Stooges record, something that approximates what professional songwriters call a pre-chorus. That's the part where I'm singing Love in the Middle of a Firefight. And after that, the build-up where I say somebody's got to save my soul, baby penetrate my mind, that's a pre-chorus where you actually downshift and then you heighten the tension through building the chords so that there's a release. So that was about the closest I got to getting any of these guys to rock school. That one has more (laughs) typical songwriting structure in it, which is probably why it gets the most attention. So yeah, yeah, and it's the, there. <laughs> it's interesting. Like like you mentioned, he referred to the. I mean, he said "Love in the Middle of a Firefight." It's also used for the "I'm the World's Forgotten Boy." Um, yeah. So that's kind of what is at least not genius. The end of the verse, 
mm-hmm. but it does feel like a different section, right? Because the verse is kind of split in half in that way. Um, you get a faster riff on the guitar, and it's less fuzzy. That's right, yeah, because you've really got your first section, which is like the alternating of and the big like open chords. And then, yeah, you jump into that world's forgotten boy section, which is a little different. Get some real crunchy chords. And then you like downshift even further into the somebody's got to help me, please. And that that shifts the tension up into your chorus. Yeah. And then it doesn't go into the chorus. It goes into verse two instead. That's right. A classic AABA situation. Yeah. Um, I do like that that pre-chorus, the Honey Gotta Help Me Please bit. Um, get kind of the arpeggio in the guitar. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool sound. Cool sound. Yeah, yeah we're, well, it's it. called arpeggio. I guess it's more like strumming chords and then kind of like... Like... Yeah, there's like a touch of an arpeggio. Yeah, there, it, like it, it just plays like, like a run between chords, I guess. More yeah. Than anything. Um. Oh, it's so many symbols. So many symbols, dude. The drum sounds interesting on this because it's very like flat. Yeah, it's very like you hit the drummer's, and like that's it. Uh, I don't know. I I don't know if it's just because it's old. Probably because the recording, as it sounds. Yeah, this like may be the results of fucked up recording. Um, but all of Iggy Pop's discarded shirts were muffling yeah. the drums. I mean, it's definitely not a polished uh, recording session. Certainly not. That adds to the sound for sure. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, good and gnarly. It's uh, of course, when you think about like punk rock today and like things that come after this, this sounds pretty squeaky clean in comparison to some things, but. I guess in terms of things that are like on purpose, like let's do it lo-fi and like yeah, fuck just everything like up. really fucking gnarly. But yeah, so it's it's still funny to look at this and be like, yeah, it's kind of a quaint piece of punk rock, <laughs> certainly proto punk in that sense. Like oh, it's yes. <laughs> prototypical. Hasn't, hasn't picked up on all the the gnarly shit that had come to pass. Like yeah, because it hadn't been invented yet. Yeah, these guys were, were blazing a trail. Yeah. Um. Second um, verse. A, yeah, Sorry. second verse. Same as the first. I was yeah. going to say there's like a guitar solo that comes up, but that's after the second it's verse. After. So. I only bring up the second verse because, I mean, mostly they just get louder. Like the guitar is louder and then Iggy is singing a bit harder. Yeah. Um, that's kind of most of their build there. Um, I should probably also mention Iggy Pop's vocals, which yes. we... This sounds quite different from what I would like associate with Iggy Pop. Um, yeah. Because he's not singing like, I'm a passenger. Yeah, he goes for a much deeper register when yeah, he more, gets his own name on And like more of like a Lou Reed style delivery too. For sure, yeah. Uh, where this is not that. Although I saw him nope. perform this in 2011 or so. I, I mean, I saw a video of him performing oh, it. Okay, I was like, what the fuck? Did you say Iggy Pop? <laughs> no, no, no. no. <laughs> uh, just watched it yesterday. Uh, and like he was singing like that more or less it's just not necessarily what he does when he's solo right he kind of just found his own because this performance it's good but i could see other musicians doing this whereas when i think of yeah like the passenger and shit like that it's uh it's a little more like oh yeah that's iggy this deep voiced kind of creepy guy yeah a little more idiosyncratic as compared to this yeah um, so yeah, that second verse, like you said, 
jumping up in a little bit of intensity of singing. Mm-hmm. Um, it's pretty like 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 he kind of said it's like pretty standard songwriting structure. So yeah, we go from that chorus that comes after the verse into a guitar solo. Yeah, is that the like hey hey hey's? That's yeah, the, that's the hey hey section. It's like a guitar solo bridge section. I did count yeah. it. It's eight bars, but I, I don't know if it's a middle eight if it's actually serving as a bridge or can you be both? Maybe. Um. Well, middle eight is B to B, right, or A to A. It's yeah. got to serve to the same section. So I guess this it's goes not then chorus to verse. So it's, it's technically not a middle eight. It's acting as a bridge. It's acting as a bridge that's for sure. And yeah, we repeat like the song is so simple that we're already repeating a verse here. It's in two verses. We're doing the the second verse again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a letter repetition in that. I couldn't even tell if it's different from the first second verse. I think it's pretty similar. Yeah, like there were definitely times I was trying to compare. I'm like, they could have just recorded this part once and then repeated it. Yeah, and they'd have been fine. Nobody would have um, noticed. And maybe they did, but I couldn't find. Maybe there's a difference. I don't maybe. know. Maybe. Couldn't but certainly it. the outro they do for the like the last yeah like, forty five seconds here, mm-hmm. where we start getting some shredding going on. Yeah, that's that's the fun guitar. Yeah, that's that's good stuff. Yeah, arpeggios, fast arpeggios. I also like I like how like seamless it goes from the chorus into that outro. I don't. Yeah, it is because the only thing that really guides us there is that guitar yeah which has already been kind of fucking around in verses and stuff beforehand so it's a pretty natural slip where it's just like oh now the guitar is going off the rails here and then the vocals start going to hey baby hey you know all those all those key lyrics. yeah ad libby <laughs> stuff he's just like screaming about whatever yeah uh he's a forgotten boy forgotten boy forgotten boy Forgotten boy. Boy. It's your forgotten boy. <laughs> hey. Hey, 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 hey. It's your forgotten boy. Uh, that's this song. That's this song. And what's that supposed to mean? Lots. Yeah. Okay. Lots. Yeah, good note, Alex. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Oh, hang on. I scrolled down too far. What am I even looking at? Yeah, the outro. Um... Lots of big, heavy guitar and screaming. Sure. And then uh, it's, uh, yeah, that's it. That's the song. It's a good song. That's the song, baby. Yeah, it dies out. Great song. Um, We've got some cover versions to talk about. Though. Oh, we sure do. Starting out with Jared Lush and the Aliens and the in 1999. Yeah, he's an artist associated with another band I don't know. Chemlab. Called Chemlab. Uh, apparently they're industrial rock. Um, I believe that, judging off of this, his cover album, his debut solo album called Cover Girl. Called Cover Girl. It, it was kind of weird on Spotify. This is Cover Girl unreleased, but like, there's no Cover Girl released. It's just unreleased and then instrumental. Okay, so maybe those are some of the... So this is like the instrumental cuts. Yeah, but there's no option for like, I don't know. So I don't know if this actually came out in 99 or not. Okay, I think I read, I don't know if this version did Cover Girl un- unreleased, but the album itself I think did come out yeah. in 99 because this is his debut album. Um, the aliens aren't real from what I can grasp. 
yeah, this is like just his solo thing, and the aliens are just whatever band. Yeah, it was 1999, and you had to find a way to make your your name pop. Nobody's just gonna buy Jared Louche. Yeah, what's the what's a Louche anyway? Yeah, most boring sport in the Winter Olympics, am I right? Got him. <laughs> Jared, uh, I want to have you slander Cool Runnings like that on this podcast, Alex. <laughs> no, no shade to Cool Runnings. Bobsled. Bobsled's great. Luge? Oh, I guess Luge. Are there, they are, Luge is no sled, right? Full of losers. Luge is... Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, yeah, you can Luge is when you're on, on your back and skeletons when you're on your front. Okay. What about if I'm on my side? That's how I sleep. Yeah, that's, um, that's just a pose. You're just striking okay. a pose. You're striking a pose. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Alex, what's going on with your Luge? What is and, going on with this aliens. guy? I mean, we talked about he's got some of that industrial in there. Yeah. But it almost feels like the cover, he's got like a cowboy hat on and stuff. It almost yeah. seems like he's going for like a like a country thing. Which it's not really, but it has a slight a slightly more organic sound. Particularly like the drums sound like they might be electronic, but a bit more organic sounding. Yeah, and he does, like, he spreads them out across the channels here, so you're getting them, like, left, right, and center. Mm -hmm. And it is a big percussive intro. I wouldn't call it country, but I wouldn't call it (laughs) industrial either. No, but there seems to be some of that there, particularly with, like, the beat that he's using. Oh, yeah, and his vocals that come in, like, they're coming in through a fucking PA speaker. Yeah, there is that. Um, They play the rhythm, like, that, that... Which might be on the bass in the original. I couldn't hear the bass in the original, I'll be honest. Yeah. Um, but, like, they play the bass. They play that part on the bass. Like, the fuzz-filled, the riff you were talking about. The really yeah. fuzzy part. That boom, 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 boom. And it's on the bass now. It's, of course, toned down. Um, um, and then you get yeah. after, like, between lines, this farty-ass synth. Farty-ass synth. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of synth. Um, that, that are kind of in that lower range, lower mid-range. Uh, yeah, and then, so that's your, like, like industrial influence. Guitar. But there's more overall kind of just like a lot more layers. So like there's several vocal tracks. So like yeah. doubling on the lead uh, and then like with the harmony and then one of the parts is a little different. Like you were saying, that's very filtered, but like that's kind of one of the vocal tracks. Yeah. And then quite a few synths. Um, I wish I had described them here because that would have been... Well, we've got the farting synth. The farting one. Um, one that might be a very distorted guitar and it's playing like high so and then there's also a very low one which might just be the bass yeah i think that is just, just the bass. a very very distorted bass right yeah um and then other effects like there's like this like bit crushing sound on the chorus and then also i think in one of the verses so there's a lot of stuff like that and then when he says technology his voice goes all metallic that's right using technology technology like a robot. Yeah, like he's a, a robot. So oh, this yeah, one, still yeah. Get, like some big drum hits and a stuff. A lot more it's, effects like that. It's like, it's like more edgy than it is like energetic. It trades in all the energy for edge. For edge, yeah. And a lot of, I mean, distortion and sounds. But it's 99. Yeah. It's industrial. Or yeah. inspired, at least, by that. So Yeah, for some reason he couldn't do this with Chem Lab, so. Yeah. Um, maybe they broke up. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Chem lab. Um, what else? 
they okay there's one lyrical change i think uh-huh that i noticed where he says honey gotta strike a match oh yeah i did hear that um instead of strike me blind which i think fits in with the sort of explosion fiery yeah I get, like my heart's full of napalm strike yeah a match. but it's kind of the opposite of what he's requesting well not necessarily it, it works, I think, because he's talking yeah, about, he, you know, exploding or destruction of the self and stri- striking a match if his heart is full of napalm. Yeah, and he's also asking them to detonate, so, like, strike yeah. a match to blow yourself up. Yeah, it, it checks out. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, a lot of crunch and noise on Yeah, this. as we move to the end, especially, lots of noise. All the, like, very distorted things that came in before are all just mixing together. Yeah, it's wee wee wee. All this other stuff going on. Lots of stuff. And then it kind of cuts down at the end. And then he says, like, destroy a lot. And there's, like, distorted guitar. Yeah, and this. Yeah, so that's kind of the outro there. So, yeah, that's its sound. It's it's another very busy, uh, busy recording. Yeah, with a lot of effects and synths and stuff. Yeah, to to provide that like crunch and that, but also to make it sound a little more modern, a little more industrial. Yeah, and it's got a decent like intensity curve there, and then kind of drops off at the end, which yeah is a pretty common thing in the outro. But it's still fairly like distorted and stuff in the outro. It's just less of it. Yeah, it's uh, it's not a bad take, honestly. And layered. So to, and layered. It's layered. Yeah. There's many layers to this. It's like an onion. It's like an onion. It's like a onion. Alien. Onion. Yeah. But you know what you know what onions go good wait, with? Wait, wait, wait. Hang on. Okay, sure. Right at the end he says, Coming back to my place, I'll show you destruction. That's right. He does say that. And that's that, the so only other thing I had to say. It's, about. A, it's about sex. Can't forget that bit. Very important line. You, you know what else could be sexual? A band called Corn Doggy Dog and the Half Pound. Yeah. 2001. Corn Doggy Dog and the Half Pound. Why is this on this playlist? Probably the just the name. name alone. Probably um, the name. Yeah, I would say that's probably correct. So, Corn Doggy Dog and the Half Pound, interesting. I could only find the one guy from it, the Z-Man. Okay. I couldn't um, find, like, anything on these guys. I found some live recordings that looked like someone just took on their phone. Yeah, I've seen those as well, or at least one. Um, so a little this, better than phone. The Z-Man was originally, like, a... I don't know if he was an opener or, like, a hype man for Sublime. Oh, yeah, I think that checks out. And then he became, and then he did this band with Corn Doggy Dog and the Half Pound, the Half Pound being made up of members of another band called the Falling Idols. Uh, then eventually his friend dies of a heroin overdose, and he becomes an inspirational speaker for getting off of drugs, and is also maybe sometimes a stand up comic. Oh man, I'm glad you found those details because I didn't. Yeah, it took, it took a little digging, but. And I, I fucking. I, I had his full name for some reason, didn't write it down. He's the Z Man. He's the Z-Man. He's like, I think it's like Todd something. Let me try Todd Z-Man. Zimmerman. Todd, Todd Z-Man Zalkins. Zalkins. Yeah. That's so a cool he's last name. Got a documentary called The Long Way Back. That's the story of Todd Z-Man Zalkins. Wow. 
2017, he breaks the 17-year addiction and begins helping others who struggle with drug abuse. So that's his story. Cool. Also, he was in this punk rock band that sometimes still performs. Corn Doggy Dog and the Half Pound. Perhaps the the most interesting thing about this is brought up in that Iggy Pop quote I read where he's like, I had to tell James Williamson to slow the fuck down. <laughs> where, like, you listen to this, and this is faster, and that, like, from a punk rock perspective, makes more sense. I guess from, like, what we think of, how we think of punk rock now, for sure. Yeah. Um... Because I, like, listened to this, I was like, nothing's really changed. No. And I listened to the original, I was like, the original's kind of slow. <laughs> <laughs> so it is, like, like just picking up the tempo on this does a lot for the song, but not enough to really differentiate. Yeah, I didn't, I, I mean, the, the increased tempo didn't do a whole lot for me. Fair enough. Um, and I, yeah, didn't. Didn't get much out of this version. It's very similar. Yeah, it's very similar. Um, Without the, the live version they did. Being like novel and old. Yeah, and the live version. Um, I don't know. It, it to me is just a slightly more generic, slightly more, more generic version. A more generic. Well, because you're right. Now that it's also adopting it's, more punk staples. Yeah, it's it also using sounds the established sound of punk mm-hmm. rock. Um, Whereas uh, before it didn't exist, so right. I don't have a whole lot else to say about it than that. No. Well, I, think I think they it... say handful of napalm. Okay, that's not but a good place for it. No, no. <laughs> also, much less cool. Much less cool. Um, so I guess I it know. maybe is more active. Like a heartful of napalm is more poetic. It's whereas more poetic. Like a handful is like I'm gonna whip some I'm napalm. Whip at some napalm at you. That's probably still not. You probably shouldn't touch it. You probably, know. yeah, it should be in some kind of contained. I don't know unit. what the MSDS says about napalm, but I imagine yeah. you shouldn't touch it. I've been asking at my work where we keep it. Nobody's, <laughs> nobody's letting me know. What if, trying to remember, there is. I mean, to bring up Fight Club again, isn't there a bit where they're like you can make napalm by like mixing kitty litter and orange juice or something like that? Oh yeah, something like that. I don't yeah, even remember what it is. It's probably something to do with soap, right? Because it makes soap, but then it's, it's like soap. yeah. But, Add soap to cornflakes. Yeah. <laughs> Napalm, maybe. Like something like that. You, you think you're going to get clean cornflakes? You're going to get the frosting off your flakes? No. No. No, you're making napalm. Anyway, so this version will take the frosting right off your flakes. But That's, uh, that's a fact. We should talk here briefly, because you did yeah. have a massive playlist full of, like, Red Hot Chili Peppers, Soundgarden was on Yeah, here. I should have um, left one of those on. Yeah, some behemoths, but I imagine they were all in a sense similar to this played very yeah, straightforward they were pretty straightforward it would have been more like more identity right because when you get a band at that level usually they have established a certain identity and sound for themselves mm-hmm. and that's kind of what it was but it was pretty close yeah um, other than the red hot chili peppers one was from like a beavis and butthead special that's so right. at the end beavis and butthead come out and they're like huh 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 Oh, search and destroy. <laughs> so, like, or whatever. So, yeah, it's like a whole that. album of this, apparently. Yeah. And they I some, wonder I mean, they if they were a big deal. They were a big point. deal. But there was a Kid Cudi album. Um, not Passion Pain. Speed and no, Bullet to Heaven. Yeah, Speed and Bullet to Heaven, yeah. where he includes Beavis and Butthead, like, skits throughout the course of the album. And I wonder if that is directly inspired by this same album that had a Red Hot Chili Peppers version of Search and Destroy on it. I mean, they got. I mean, they got to be related in some way. Because it was a there was big artists on that. 
It was like Metallica yeah. and Red Hot. Chili I mean, at Peppers. the time, MTV had pretty good pull, and Beavis and Butthead were pretty popular. Um, yeah. As I understand, this is before my time. Right. But uh, yeah, so that's that's our roundup of straightforward covers, represented here by Corn Doggy Dog and the Half Pound. Let's get a little less straightforward. Let's get a little more Swedish. Let's get Sophia in 2008. Let's get Sophia. I'm a straight walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm. I'm a runaway son of a nuclear. And wanna be <laughs> her. Who sings that song? Yeah. Blondie? Okay, cool. Maria. Cool, Alex. Yeah, um, all, all I found on her until I found there was a music video is that she smiles and plays the guitar. Yeah, and sometimes sings in Greek because she likes it. That's fun. Because uh, she went to like Greece it? one time and mm-hmm. uh, she thought it was pretty cool. I think Greek people are disappointed when they watch the musical Greece. Watch the musical Greece, they're like, hang on a minute. Um, I don't know if they call it Greece there. No. It's because Greece, like the actual name for Greece is like the Hellenic Republic or something like that. Okay. So yeah. I don't know. It's kind of like Germans be like, hey, you get, I don't know. Because they, they call themselves like Deutsch or whatever. Deutsch, like, yeah. Like Deutsch, Deutschland. Um, I think it is, I don't know how much like that it is though. I don't know if the term Greek is used in Greece. I would have to look that up. I'm curious about that. Yeah, I don't know. But the weird thing is, I do know that when they brought the musical Greece over to, to Greece, the, the nation, that they did call it the, the Hellenistic Republic instead <laughs> yeah, of the title. <laughs> yeah, and it was very confusing. It was very confusing. Because they had to change the song in the start, and there's just too many syllables. <laughs> the Hellenistic Republic is the, the word. It's the word. Because <laughs> it's not even one word anymore. No, it's the phrase. Yeah, so... Um, but we're actually talking about a Swedish singer, from my yes. understanding. Swedish singer. I mean, just searching Sophia. How am I Not supposed easy. to find this? Yeah. But how yes, am I supposed to find this? It's, a, it's the Swedish singer, um, Sophia. Um, and she, I think, I don't know. She's been singing for a while. She's got songs, yeah. right? Like, I she's don't know songs. about her, but she's apparently, she has not been in Eurovision, but she has auditioned or whatever she's seen eurovision yeah yeah <laughs> she, she watched it one time i know i haven't she thought the concept was pretty cool yeah and then uh said something in, in greek and then that was it yeah just for fun yeah just for fun because it's fun um so this is like you know the tv we talk and talk about the tv or like cinematic version of a song oh yeah and that's kind of like a two-part structure where it's like structure i'm Stocks. talking like a Swiss person now. No, I'm kidding. They don't talk like that. But there's like the two-part structure where it's like start out a little moody, a little soft, and a little like there's a one drum that echoes. Doom, duh, yep. doom, duh, and a little, little tense guitar. And then you would break on the chorus, get big drum, and do all that and be like, I'm such and destroy. This does the first half without the second half. Yeah, it really is just like very soft throughout. Yeah, soft and moody. Um... And slow slows it down too, mm-hmm. but that's uh, that's a good overall description of this version. Yeah. Um, otherwise, there's it's also got like some some layered synth chords with like really filtered drums. Kind of you know it stays filtered, yeah. right? The filter yeah. becomes less as it goes on, but 
you know, it stays low down, and you get that yeah. guitar and like more synth. There's, I think, a guy with a uh, like an organ going. Yeah, that boot, doo, 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 you can doo, see him in the in the music video. Music video. They also claim to have a double bass in the music video, so let's. Uh, yeah. Okay. Fair enough. <laughs> be cautious like, of what we believe. Yeah. So like, and a few more like more synth production. So like, you have this arpeggiated synth. There's a string synth. Uh, filling out that space, and uh, that's its thing. It's more like a smooth build-up, and she's singing very, very softly. Yeah, really chewing up words like napalm and yeah. and nuclear. I think, like, it's less like intense, of course, than the original because yes. they try to make it soft, but I think they do a pretty decent job of maintaining a certain level of tension, which is a good thing to have. Yeah. Instead, like it works. Um it doesn't it has some decent sounds in it. It it doesn't necessarily do all that much interesting, but I do think it it sounds uh decent overall. I think yeah, both this one and the music video suffer from the same issue is that there is no and maybe I'm just a dummy and I'm like, oh, this needs a climax of some kind. But I don't, it doesn't have to be big and explosive. It could be like fall apart and dirty nasty, right? Like Dirty nasty. We, yeah. we take away the instruments and it's just your vocals or something. But it needs to, to move forward in some direction, I feel. Because it just kind of lingers here in tension. Without any release of tension, we're, we're left unresolved. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Is the release necessary for tension to be valid? Maybe, honestly. Maybe. I mean, because, like, how can you know what it is without contrast? And the video has a lot, or not enough contrast, or too much like, contrast. The, the video, yeah, well, you're talking about like the lighting. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, the video's got some issues. I'm not quite ready to jump there yet. Because yeah. I will say, like you said, she sings good. She's got a nice voice for this. Yep. Um, the instruments themselves, good tones, good use of like echoey, good feeling of the speaks. But, in terms of like what this provides versus what the original provides, which is the story of a person who has become a weapon and needs to explode, this doesn't give me that same like, and it doesn't smolder because there's like the explosive version of this, and then you could do the smoldering version of this, which this could maybe be, but it doesn't quite hit that yet either. Yeah, I wonder if I mean the video kind of tries to depict that. Yeah, I think. So let's talk about that video, yeah. Alex. Um, so I'll address the lighting thing first. This video's not black and white, but they sort of try to style it as black and white because most yeah. of the things are black and white. The shadows are very dark and also very flat. Yes. So like anything in shadow is like black and like there's yeah. no detail or it's very like little. People complained about that House of Dragons episode because it was too dark to see and then they're like oh it's supposed to be too dark to see and it's like, like well you made a bad uh, okay that's then. a bad bad choice <laughs> it did a bad thing but this one's more visible than that but you're right yeah like flat shadows if something's in yeah. darkness it's out um it seems like it's trying to set up some kind of like class struggle in the first like three minutes of the song in that because it's like in this like kind of 50s diner styled yeah area. 50 diners grungy back alley grungy back alley or like back room back room uh so like it's got like the tiles and like square pattern like diamond yeah. pattern but also you know the paint's chipped and they're all these like um like what are those long bulb lights called oh like uh like fluorescent fluorescent lights lights yeah um 
And yeah, like it seems one... like a neglected area. But then the people mm-hmm. you see, you know, you see like the guy we're sitting by himself drinking. He's kind of dumpy looking, and like, yeah, he's like your real classic punk figure. He's got yeah. the kind of spiked out hair. He's drinking like a, a Heineken or something. He's wearing yeah. a leather jacket. And you see like couples who are maybe a little better dressed together and stuff. Yeah, like you that. see the bald like businessman with a blonde lady who yeah. seemed to be very upper crust. Mm-hmm. And then you've got like like a guy with a bandana on, like a very like Hell's Angel esque character. And then some like another couple who's like not not high class for sure, but they're not necessarily as like gutter punk as these other people. Right. And then our our sweet Swedish woman Sophia is brought up to the like the quote unquote stage, the sort of checkered floor area with her Backstreet right, Boys she's just ass backing band, getting ready in the first pit, and then yeah, starts performing. Yeah, she's getting lipsticked up. She starts performing. Things get a little louder there, and then we see like I feel like the tension is supposed to be between that rich couple and like the. The punk rock guy sitting yeah. drinking a beer. Guy with the spiked hair. But there's not really anything that happens between them other than at one point he seems to get upset. Yeah, and then you're he like, smashes I thought like, his beer. Oh, he's gonna walk over to them, but he walks over to Sophia. And she like stops him. They like make eye contact. Yeah, and he and she sings at him. And he realizes that he wasn't throwing his bottle down because he's mad, but because he loves this this jam so fucking much. Yeah, and it's got this kind of... Because <laughs> that's the next bit, right? It's got this yeah. like kind of awkward-looking sequence mm-hmm. where I feel like it's not... Like they were kind of doing some camera trickery or attempting it that didn't quite work out. They, they wanted to make it look like he was going like to punch her. he's going to punch her. Crazy. Yeah, but he actually just throws his fist up in the air and starts like jamming starts, out. Yeah, like a one-man this, mosh pit. This song, which is pretty slow... And not really a moshing song? Yeah. And but also anyway. That, that bl- the bald businessman does get up when he smashes the bottle. Like, he's going to go fight him. Yeah. Or, like, something's going to happen. But then um, everybody just starts dancing. And then that's, like, the conclusion is that it's okay for us all to dance together to Search and Destroy by Iggy Pop and the Stooges. Yeah. And then everyone is dancing. And, like, that's kind of the story. And, like, I don't quite get it. No, it seems to miss the point, I like think. Like his punch. Yeah, it's... it's it's Which turns into uh, a Mario a, jump. Yeah, he goes, Woohoo! Woohoo! Actually, yeah, I see that. He, he goes for a second jump. There's a coin block above his head. Yeah, he goes, ding! <laughs> yeah. It's subtle. It's a subtle detail in the video. Subtle detail, you know. It's Easy there for miss. the real fans. Um, so yeah, everybody starts dancing, and then it's like, that's... We solved classism. <laughs> Yeah, or something like that. So, anyway, I kind of see things they were going for, but I don't think it all comes together. Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, okay, the aesthetic's kind of cool. And, like, you get that, like, black and white look. But the blacks are kind of soft. Like, as much as the black's all crushed, it could be darker, too. And, like, the white's not very white. white. Green look. Yeah. So everything looks kind of green. And, like, I don't know if that aesthetic quite works for what or maybe it's not supposed to look clean which like fair enough okay yeah i get it but also then like what's actual the story going on here why what's this guy doing there's like a disconnect like with both parts of this project the music 
and the video, they're disconnected from each other a bit, and I think disconnected themselves from their own ideas. Yeah. Like, they just don't quite land the punches that I think they were going for. And combined, they, they definitely don't land it. But you can see that there's there's gears turning at the Sophia factory here. So yeah. I do like that part of it. Yeah. There's there's some good stuff here. Some good stuff yeah, here. The, but this I, I definitely song can short. be done slow, for sure. Yeah. But speaking of green, there's a lot of green in the film Sucker Punch, I the, think. Yeah, I mean, just look at the um, cover of this album. Look at that cover there. for this original motion picture soundtrack. Skunk Anansi in 2011. So named from the, the Akin folk tales of Anansi, the the Spider God, with Skunk added to quote make the name nastier. Yeah, I heard it was also because like the band had black and white members. Okay. But I didn't see anything that supported that right. claim. Well, their members also have rowdy names like Skin, yeah. Cass, Ace, and Ace. Mark Richardson. And Mark Richardson. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. I think Mark Richardson joined later, so he didn't get a cool nickname. <laughs> he didn't get a yeah, anonymous name. Um, yeah, they're a, British, band, rock band. a British rock band that's actually yeah. been you know going since like the 90s. Um, yeah, yeah. They broke up for a couple years, but they're pretty well regarded like i don't really know them very well but like they played a nelson mandela's 80th birthday they headlined glastonbury well, in 1999 like some yeah. yeah they seem to like have been around the scene yeah and skin have... was given an obe like two months like last month or something like recently damn um so like yeah they've been around and they're they're um well regarded yeah and they they show our, our that well regard with some fucking bagpipe synth do you, which part is this? Like, the start? Almost off the bat here. So you get gunshots. Is this actually in the movie, or is it just part of the soundtrack? It's in, Alex? it's, I saw, I did watch the scene. I found the scene on uh, YouTube. It is in the movie. So, like, the intro part. Okay, have you seen Sucker Punch? Once, a long, long right. time ago. I saw Sucker Punch. I've maybe seen it twice. Maybe. I don't remember. Where do, where's the, the consensus on it currently? Are we pro or anti-sucker punch in 2023? Um, <laughs> it flip-flops. I, I feel so, like know. it's... I don't know if it's like strong enough to be worth a whole pro or anti, but I, I remember liking it back in the day, but I was also 17, so okay. who knows. Well, um, if it's, it does if have it's, a reputation. It does have a reputation. If that reputation is good at the moment, I love it, and I love the way it empowers love that, women. Love that movie. Uh, if it's bad at the I moment, I hate it, and I hate the way it sexualizes women. Thank you. I'll take yeah. no further <laughs> questions. Um, so anyway, in the movie, there's like kind of, I guess, three layers in the sense that like there's a uh, an asylum. She's in an asylum. Right. But sometimes goes to the fantasy world of it's a brothel, actually. And sometimes right. goes to the fantasy world of there's dragons and stuff or like robot Nazis and we're fighting them with swords and guns. Right. So this beginning of the song is, I think, in the brothel level. And then from there, that's the intro, the slow section with mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure it's just an organ, but it might be bagpipe synth. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll take organ. Um, which, like, same thing, right? It's all, it's all pipes, man. It's, yeah, it's all, all pipes. It's all about laying pipe. It's just about um, how much bag is involved. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> just gotta regulate your bag, or not. Um, and then, so the rest of the song is action scene of they fight 
I, there's a dragon at some point. I yeah. There's a lot okay. of gun shooting. So what happens in, in so so that's why some of these noises are are in universe. We forgot yes. to mention in the original and because I couldn't hear it, but I did read a song facts quote about it that there's a sword fight going on in the background at some points. Yeah, what? Dog. Yeah, dog. Wow. <laughs> Um, so the, this is from Song Facts. It says, listen with headphones and you might pick up the sound of swords clashing in the background. Pop explained in a 1999 interview with The Wire, quote, I originally wanted, what I originally wanted was, what I originally wanted was to get the sound of stomping boots, but we would have had to hire a drill team and that became problematic. So we tried having a sword fight to get a clanking sound instead. Hmm, I thought you were fucking with me, honestly. I, no, I truly. Because <laughs> there is a sword fight in this version. For sure, because it's from the movie. For sure, well, maybe inspired by the source, Search and Destroy, which which has it in there somewhere. I can't fucking tell where though. Yeah. Um. But yeah, carry on with this. We get the organ. We get gunshots and shit. What's going on with this one? It this feels a lot cleaner, but you know they're still very you know distorted. They're they're distorted. They're just a tighter band, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's polished like not even punk. It's just like polished rock, really. Yeah. Heavier rock, for sure. Yeah, polished hard rock with uh, organ. Yeah, and um, I guess the thing about this is because it's for the movie, I I imagine, I don't know, but I wouldn't be surprised if it was originally shot with the original song in mind, and they just kind of mm. had to cover the song. Right, because it plays pretty close instrumentally. Yeah. But you get, of course, female vocals because Sucker Punch is hashtag girl power. Mm-hmm. We're hashtag problematic. We're not sure. We're not sure. <laughs> um, there are, we can confirm there are women in the movie. There are women in this movie. I can see them on the, the album movie, artwork. Say, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it works well enough for the movie. Yeah, yeah. Does it work well enough as a piece to listen to right now or at any given time, Alex? Like, it's it's fine. I mean, if you like the band, I suspect. Like, if you're into the band, because they definitely, like, give it their own sound, right? Mm-hmm. It sounds like this band doing it. But other than that, I, I don't know if there's much uh, appeal. Yeah, it's like, if you don't like the Stooges, I guess, if you don't like 70s rock, but you like rock, you yeah. might like this version. I like this version, because, like, it's it's solid. Um, and it, the intro's kind of cool, too. That, like, building of tension and that little organ part. Yeah, the little organ. It's like, okay, we're doing things a little different. Cool build into the main section of the ba 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 ba. So, you know, it's nice. And maybe if you're really into Sucker Punch. Which, hey, if you are, good for you. Or you're a fucking or, monster. We don't <laughs> maybe know. Maybe check yourself. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, that's, that's this one. That's this one. Yeah, it was like it's fine it's good like good enough i was like okay yeah like it hits hard enough they're not they're not like you said it's like they know what they're doing these guys are a respected band Mm -hmm. they're playing songs correctly good for them let's talk about another a sort of interesting band a very Um, interesting band yeah ministry If you go back and listen to their early material, which did originally you check out? Their I didn't check it out, but I did read their description, which yeah. they were originally a, a synth pop band. Yeah, so if you go, I mean, just on Spotify and check out their early albums, it's completely different from this. 
uh, yeah, this is like industrial metal, and then the early stuff is like it's synth pop. Like it's, it's yeah, funny. It's, it's a completely yeah. different band, basically. But if you look at the actual like, they have had so many members change, and like they're they've got more or less one guy who's kind of running it. And there's right. just like a ton of different members, and it's not like they went back to original members or anything. Like, <laughs> like look at their past. I just yeah started up their first album here. Yeah. Holy shit! Yeah, completely different. It's like just a completely different band. Um, but I think possibly just changing members that much makes some sense. Um, yeah, this is a real ship of Theseus situation. Yeah, is it even the same band? It doesn't sound like it. No, certainly not. Uh, anyway, what's going on in the actual? I can, like oh, I can see, like like synth is still present in in like That's industrial true. metal. That's true, and it doesn't. So, like I can see how you could shift over a long enough time period into that. Yeah, I was just like, but it is still wild. I was skimming the albums a little bit, and it doesn't yeah. take long for it to start getting some of that industrial sound. Yeah, I just listened to the first track off of Twitch here, yeah. and it's coming in with a like, bit of okay, industrial. Okay, there's a little more grit there. Yeah yeah um so interesting evolution but they have been around since what was that first one in the 80s yeah 83 yeah, so they've been around for a while yeah uh, and this is 2021 so yeah so quite some time later into their career yeah but part of that so it is definitely in that industrial metal vein they've slowed it down um yes not as much as sophia but it still like has, especially with the metal, like that tension. It's slow, and they build the tension. Yeah, um, and they got some cool stuff. Like I, the drums at the beginning kind of have a good little like groove to them. Yeah, and they, yeah, because it's just them and this chugging bass at the start with the the tone on it being really nice and gritty. Yeah, it's got like a real. Real gnarly feel to it. Very industrial. Very like dark yeah, and heavy. heavy. And that's what's machinery. Down, probably. <laughs> that's yeah. I want to search and destroy all these damn machines. Yeah. Let me tell you. And like you know, noise in between everything. So big synths. There's a lot of like the guitars chugging and like a synth is doing more or less the same thing. And it's really just like big. Um, it's like supporting the guitar. Um, yeah, intensity. That's more in the like intensity build when you get to like the pre-chorus. Yeah. Um, there was kind of a weird sound. I'm jumping a little bit, but later on you get this like, like sharp sound that like rises up like. Is that like a guitar maybe? Could be a guitar. Could be some synth. You got it like a timestamp for me. Uh, 305. Damn, Alex, you're jumping ahead just a bit. Yeah, oh. <laughs> until like the end. I'm all over the place. Here, I'm waiting for it. Yeah, I think that might be a... I hear you that... It's a guitar or a synth yeah, or a guitar. Maybe you like synth. ran through a synth. Yeah. Lots, I mean, it's industrial, so everything's like real. I can, I can rule out vocals. Yeah, okay. <laughs> and probably bass. Pro- and drums. Probably. Um, yeah so they got some pretty cool uh intensity building sections because of all that um yeah. i do like kind of how it rises on the pre-chorus again more synth lots of synth lots of synth that's like industrial is getting to me because of its use of synth yeah well wow. like we've had a few different examples of industrial over the past like month or two here and i'm like yeah this stuff's actually pretty good um your vocals are pretty classic for the genre Growly. they're not yeah, I got a bomb. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
Um, and it's um, what? How would I describe it? I don't know. I already described it. Intense. It's intense. Yeah, like big. Like the rhythm is heavy and like it hits hard too. So it's like dun dun dun. Like it really punches every rhythmic note. So even though it is slower, it's quite powerful. Oof, yeah. Sorry, I just accidentally started the video with the the drums at the very start really coming. Oh yeah, they're yeah, like they're they're hard. doing some heavy duty things here. So yeah, it's got a, a rough feel to it. So, and this is kind of like this is in a sense what I was talking about when I'm like, yeah, like the original is quite clearly proto punk. Like this is so far down the line of like what we can do with hard rock. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, in modern times, yeah, we can do everything ever now yeah it's we can literally do everything yeah there's no nothing is off limits um they do like a kind of call and response section near the end like the outro with like search and destroy forgotten boy and destroy destroy forgotten boy that is that's the other thing that i forgot to point out the way they say the lyrics because it's a bit slower it gets fairly percussive and that part is included but also like early on like um, hang on. I I lost it. Hanging on. I, I thought I had it. <laughs> anyway, it's more percussive. Rhythm. Yeah, and like we're talking, of course, we're talking industrial. We're also talking about like sort of the main themes of the original song, which is the military-industrial complex. Yeah, which and so comes bringing up in the this music video too. Soul-crushing percussive like vocal style to it is i think very in line with some of the points iggy pop and the stooges were getting at i think it's a good interpretation of yeah, it yeah totally works and the yeah. music video is kind of funny yeah it's pretty simple but like it is <laughs> but there's some <laughs> cool stuff funny. in it too yeah we start with these morphing shots of close-ups on like guns mm-hmm they're playing in like a plane crash in a desert yeah like like blown out like industrial wasteland Po- yeah, Mad Max style post. Mad Max for sure. Wasteland. Yeah. Um, with the band playing, and I thought it was just gonna be the band playing, and it mostly is. Um, with a but film it's also the lead singer firing a gun. Firing yeah, this film gun, grain yeah. effect, very like old, like real to real. Quite frankly, not a great effect. Um, yeah, I don't think it. I guess they were going for that. Like, if you see a war film in like a a tent. In Vietnam, they're yeah. like, this is where the enemy base is. Well, like, the rest of it doesn't look right. Like, there's something wrong about it. I, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah, it just kind of looks like your monitor's fucked yeah. up. <laughs> um, but they keep that grain effect, for sure. Like, projector sure grain do effect. keep it. Yeah. Um, and it's mostly them playing, but there's also, yeah, the Gatling gun. The other thing, which I thought was mm-hmm. cool, they do some, like, lighting. So, at points, the lead singer is in... Some kind of blown out building, like, like a barrack or like yeah. a like a greenhouse of some kind, maybe. Yeah, it looks like a tent frame, like a yeah, yeah tent like frame, tent sort of thing. Which yeah. I think is still barracks, but you know where like uh, military guys would sleep. Um, yeah, because there's a bunch of hanging the fluorescent lamps. Um, and and there's like a spotlight on his face. Yeah, but it kind of moves around. So, so like most of him is in shadow, or his face will glow. But then there's times where he looks down, and like it just reflects off his glasses. So his face is in mm-hmm. darkness, but his glasses are reflecting, anime yeah. style. That's pretty cool. Oh, yeah, he looks like uh, he looks like Shinji's dad. Yeah, 
He's Shinji's um, dad. Also, so many fucking glasses on this guy. He's got the glasses on his face. He He's does. got the glasses on his helmet. And then at one point, he pulls the visor down on a helmet. <laughs> it's like more glasses. He just needs eye protection, man. Yeah, this guy the is keeping bright. it safe on the eyeballs. That was another thing I was thinking. We got a dude in a, like a leather jacket playing guitar. In the desert. He's got to be fucking boiling. Yeah. But yeah, like a fun concept for even just like where to shoot a band like playing music. Oh, it's a plane crash. Yeah, it looks cool. Yeah, okay. Like you said, Mad Max. Yeah, Mad Max. So yeah, it looks pretty cool. Yeah, not a bad music video. But like pretty straightforward, like the band is playing, but some cool visuals for sure. Yeah, cool visuals lose the grain, I would say. Yeah, or improve it. Like I feel like or it's just not a very it. good version of a film grain filter. Maybe it helps some of the shots, like when he's firing the gun, maybe it made those look less hokey. Yeah, the firing like maybe the gun Maybe it looks like definitely. absolute shit without that. Uh, yeah, I mean, special effects are expensive. Yeah. But... Anyway. I don't know, Doc. 2021. So, like, yeah. get special effects on the cheap. You hire the Marvel studio the team Marvel to do guys, it. Yeah. I'll do anything for a buck. Oh, and at the end, he has a sign that says, How concerned are you? Oh, I forgot about that. How concerned am I? I got to think I don't about know. this. About a white man with dreadlocks? Like, yeah. <laughs> Moderately. Yeah. Been- it is 2021. Maybe it's time to nix those, but hey. <laughs> Who am I to say? Um, we've been talking a lot about like the, the military-industrial complex, the war machine. Why don't we talk about Florence and the machine in 2022? Yeah, let's do that. I'm the runaway son of the nuclear A-bomb. I am the world's forgotten boy. The one who searches and destroys. We know Florence so, and the Machine. You you know them better than I do. I know them better than you do. So this is from their deluxe edition 2022 album, Dance Fever. It's an acoustic version. Uh, we talked about them previously for uh, Cornflake Girl. Oh, yeah. I think was the last time we talked about it. It's been a while. Them. Other than they probably come up on a year-end Cornflake Girl? Oh, yeah, they probably came up on yeah. a year-end episode a couple times. But, uh, yeah, I don't listen to them as much as I used to. Um, I've listened to this 2022 album, not the deluxe edition. But, uh, you know, so many albums came out in 2022. Yeah. A lot of them got, got lost in the mix for me. But yeah, this is Florence and the Machine, and it's acoustic. And that might be enough for some people to say, hey, this is bad. I certainly felt that way as, as I started it. But I think there's some good, like, dynamics in here. There the are acoustic. some good dynamics in here. I mean, to start yeah, off, yeah, there's yeah. a couple acoustic guitars, you know. Yes. So you got more than one acoustic guitar. You're already, like, you're working your way up that first step. Mm-hmm. Um. And then Florence, mm-hmm. controversial statement, good singer. Good singer, yeah, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, I think this is, it's interesting because like obviously compared to the other versions, they like taken the distortion away, which most of the other versions have. Um, mm-hmm. Not Sophia, but I mean, Sophia did something similar. It fits yeah. the voice better is what I'm saying. Like mm-hmm. not having that. So like it does fit, but she does really get intense as it goes. Yeah, she doesn't remove the bite. So yeah. many people go, we're going to like de-intensify and take out the grit. She's like, well, how do we keep that? Yeah. And like, you can hear how she does it kind of like, she, particularly I noticed in the pre-chorus, um, mm-hmm. like you can hear the way she's pushing to sing. Cause at the end of the lines, you can hear <sighs> like she breathes out before she like, yeah, like the, the, the pressure still has to release before she breathes in again. Um, so like you can get that. So she's really singing it. 
Yeah, she fucking gives her. And yeah, it's a dynamic vocal performance. And there's a clear like increase of like musical intensity. We start with a couple acoustic guitars and they're playing strong. They're not just doing like a charisma duo, like limp chords and <laughs> like, there you go. They're they're hammering on those things. And then boom, drums come in. And yeah, yeah she starts bass, singing harder. Drums? There's some there's some hand claps in the mix here. Hand claps? Yeah. It almost plays into this like hippie protest idea of the Vietnam War. It's like, well, we don't have distortion. We got acoustic guitars, and also we don't like war. Right, Vietnam protest, but like earlier, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like 60s as opposed to 70s. So that's cool. Um, I like the solo also. Yeah. Which I think is guitar. I thought it might be mandolin I, at first, but it actually sounds yeah, like a slide guitar, like possibly a metal body, like national guitar. It has right. that kind of like old bluesy sound to it. It definitely had like a not guitar tone yeah. to it while still, I think, being a guitar. Like metal, like um, bright, I think. It's like yeah, brighter, bright, which I would expect. I almost said banjo because I was like, there's something like, and in the playing style, like quite rapid. Yeah. I was like, okay, this is maybe something in that range. But yeah, I think so it's I, a guitar. Yeah, I think it's a slide guitar. And like the, the way it does that, like... Do you remember that video of that guy who's just like, it's a fucking blues, man. And he's just like, uh, just like playing, like hammering on that chord on that. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it, it reminds me of that, which really has that intensity that you get from like punk rock as well. But yeah, I think that's a good thing to be reminded so, like, of, but acoustically. Yeah, it's a good, a good thing to put in. Yeah, I, I thought it was just like a, a really solid version Really good yeah. version of the song. Singing some Forgotten Boys at the end yep. here. Some Hey, Hey, Hey's. Hey, hey, hey's. Somebody screams at the end. They go, ah! <laughs> <laughs> ah! Yeah, I was, uh, wasn't sure what to think at the start, but I was really impressed by this version. Yeah, it really swept. And I tried to be like, I'm like, I know I like Florence and the Sheen, so I should try yeah. and like, play cool with my opinion. Try but to, like ease off a bit and be like, no, I, yeah. don't, I don't want that to, to color my opinion. But no, it's totally, totally solid version, I think. Yeah, pretty sick. Um. There is a lyric video for this. Alex, what's our official stance on lyric videos? I feel like they're a waste of time to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I um, I mean, I didn't watch it, so... Does okay, that well, I watched questions? it. Yeah, I suppose. So the lyrics are delivered on, like, ribbons wrapped around lightning bolts. I see, and then the lightning bolts fly like shoot to Earth, out. sort yeah. of, as if yeah. Zeus was throwing them, because they're all just, like, right. static bolts. Not static, Searching electricity, and destroying static, as in them. not moving. And then not they just kind of yes. slide along. All right. That's right, Alex. Um, so that does it for our uh, our cover review. So it's yeah. time for our final verdicts. We've got three categories today. we got the worst version, the best version, and the version that the Shredder from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles would listen to while being in Call of Duty, as he's now been announced in the, the hit war video game series Call of oh Duty. Oh my gosh, I did not hear about that. Um, okay. Yeah, well, you know, it's about the military-industrial complex to a degree. This song and uh, what, what, if, what if not Call of Duty and my love of the teenage, our love of the teenage Call Ninja Duty, Turtles. Eh? So it's Call of Duty. Just it's just doing a Fortnite. Yeah, it's just Fortniteing, okay. and I think that's fair with, enough. W- with like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles trying to do their best to to play play all fields, right? Because they they are for oh, everyone. Yeah. They got their adult stuff. They got their kids stuff. They got their, they got the family. It's, they are playing all ends. They're like, we got to push some of that by having the shredder. Yeah. Be in Call of Duty. Yeah. Okay. All right. Weird, but worst hey, that's, and we're also sponsored by Call of Duty yeah. this week. I should have mentioned that. No, <laughs> Alex, what's the worst what's version? What's the worst version? <laughs> um. Hmm. 
I don't hate Corn Doggy Dog and the Half Pound for what they are, but I didn't like their version the most. Yeah, I'd say that's fair. Um, um, but I'm also like, eh, but they're doing their thing. They're like a punk rock band playing a punk rock song. I get it. You know, they're like, keep it up, boys. But also, I'm just not that interested in listening to it. Although, you know, if I was at a thing and out, that was outdoors and there was a stage and they were there, I'd probably have a good time. Yeah, I like it's. Yeah, I don't even think it's a matter of hating them. It's just yeah. like, like, uh, Skunk and Nancy is the other safe act and they're much more polished. Yeah. Um, what's her face? Sophia tries a lot, and I like that. Even though I don't think she quite hits, she doesn't land the mark, but I don't think she deserves to be crucified with worse for it. Corn Doggy Dog, who just double times it, yeah, we could probably, yeah. <laughs> probably give them worse and not feel too bad about it. But yeah, if I saw them live, I'd be like, fuck yeah, Corn Doggy Dog! I'd be super into it, yeah. I'd be into it. He probably drops an espresso speech about, like, not doing heroin. And be like, I will cool not do see. heroin now. Thank you. Thank you. Z-Man. Z-Man. Todd Z-Man. Not Zemeckis. <laughs> uh. <laughs> uh, last names that start with Z. Oh, there's not that many. <laughs> mm, Alex, what's the best version? Uh, what is the best version? Honestly, Florence and the Machine. Um, I really liked what they did with it. They they changed it quite a bit without like necessarily abandoning the feel. Um, even though I liked some of the other ones too. That one just just bypass them although i quite enjoyed ministry at the end of the day um yeah ministry was tight i think in the better industrial version of the two we got there between yeah. that and jared Lush. Yeah. not that i thought jared Lush was bad no. uh but yeah i think in terms of and i think rock and simplicity is part of the core of like even the original song is most present in, in florence and the machine simple intense but what if we make it acoustic yeah. a bold decision and some blues that shouldn't pay there. off some Good blues stuff. in there yeah Good stuff. I think you're right. I think that may be the best version of this. Alex, what's the Shredder's out here looking to make turtle soup of <laughs> make turtle soup. I don't know who the enemy is in the new Call of Duty, the Vietnamese. <laughs> can't it cannot be another it cannot be a Vietnam War can't one. Be a Vietnam one. Of space Nazis. Shredder's out here shredding space Nazis to make yeah. space Nazi soup. Which version of this is he listening I mean, to? Skunk and his, Nancy is his probably AirPods. the easiest one to license. Oh, Shredder sure, probably yeah. loves sucker. Do they kill turtles in that? <laughs> Do they make turtle soup in that? Do they, eat turtle <laughs> Do they make turtle soup in that? <laughs> uh, no, I, uh, that, I, I have no basis for that claim. But I guess whatsoever. there is martial arts in there, so you're right in that. No, I got it. I got it. Okay, this is, you got it. This is Shredder. This is Orokusaki, right? He's yes, a, yes. a master, um, and he, he needs a clear mind to... Uh, is he shooting guns? Yeah, I suppose he's shooting guns. Huh. Anyway, Sophia is where I'm leading to because it's that's why yeah, it's like the slow, it's would the be a better one. pick. Yeah, Sophia. Okay. Yeah, because he's like he needs to focus on his on his mastery of martial arts, but also shooting people. Hmm. So right, your idea is like music is a distraction to him. He's a warrior. Yeah, this is heart. like his. This is like his bring the heart rate down so I can focus. Yeah. So he's like, if something must be playing, it's it's got to be this yeah. to bring to the zen of the battlefield. Exactly. Is what he's looking for. So gain that through Sophia. Okay, that's. That's a solid approach. I really like us getting into the psyche of Orokusaki. Yeah, the he's the master Father, of the Foot Clan. Martial arts master of the Foot Clan. Um, sometimes no, he's not a construction worker in the movie. He, that was that was uh, <laughs> Yoshi. Who <laughs> mm. in New York he briefly works as a construction worker. I think it's implied by his hard hat, and then gets murdered. Um, it's gonna be ministry for me, dog. He's you know what? He needs some of that hard hitting rhythm. 
And he's a man who, you know what? Revenge is the only he's a man of man. industry. He feels nothing. Like martial arts to him is drudgery at this point. Right. The killing of others in the search of his quest to, to kill a big rat. <laughs> so, yep. And some turtles. And some turtles, sure, yeah. And dine on turtle soup. He's gonna dine on turtle soup, you better believe it. So like for him, it's like he it's same shit, different day. Let's put in the industrial music and let's let's get that call and response, that percussive mm-hmm. rhythm that's gonna mm-hmm. help him. Mm-hmm focus in yeah it's just yeah something to time out to yeah regular beat yeah call of duty now available on your ti 88 calculator <laughs> <laughs> i think i think that's what they launched it for yeah um, that does that's it right who can keep track of all these consoles these days There's too many of them uh that does it for our main segment if you got a similar opinion different opinion want to talk to us about a version we didn't talk about of which there are many hit us up on twitter hashtag cover pod at jake the cressy at some alex wise guys send us your comments questions concerns suggestions for future episodes um you can also email us cover at gmail.com be sure to rate and review us we're on spotify stitcher google podcast apple podcast your favorite podcasting app wherever you can find a podcast you can find us talking about stuff you know what we talk about cover songs and original songs because how else would we talk about the cover songs tell your friends family neighbors loved ones hated ones ones you feel pretty neutral about um reach out to your community tell them about us go to like a like a parent teacher meeting where they're worried about what the youth are into and be like i think they're into this thing called cover me it's fucked up you guys should listen so you know like what's what's going on so you know what your kids are talking about so you know the slang and then they'll listen to this and they'll be like what the fuck this is and then but then they'll listen to it we'll have a bunch of boomers and gen x is gen x who got kids and elder millennials i guess and gen x and gen x yeah get a bunch of them on board that's the plan guys talk about us at the pta meetings Yeah, untapped marketing potential. PTA means. <laughs> no podcaster has tried this before. <laughs> the scare tactic. Uh, that does it for today's episode of Cover Me. And as we always say on Cover Me, look out, honey, because I'm listening to Cover Me.